This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Tuesday morning to you on this very, very chilly day. And I have to say there are some stunning photographs coming in, particularly from the West Cork uh, area of uh, winter wonderland scenes. And uh, two of our main newspapers this morning, both carrying photographs of Gugon Barra uh, yesterday. One is um, the wonderful Dan Lenahan, who always takes such superb uh, photographs. He's got a photograph from Gugon Barra yesterday when it had a sprinkling of snow and then there's a magnificent one that's on the front page of the examiner there's a magnificent one on the front page of the Irish Independent I think it's the same one that I tweeted out yesterday and it is a photograph that was taken by Neil Lucy of the Guggenbara Hotel as snow and mist hung over the famous uh, church it was just such a gorgeous uh, photograph and I thought to myself when I saw it yesterday it would make a stunning photograph on the front page of a uh, Christmas card. So lovely winter wonderland uh, scenes but the downside is there's been icy stretches patches of freezing fog and it really has made driving conditions extremely difficult for motorists in some areas this morning. We're told the temperatures plunged as low as minus four degrees in parts of Cork overnight uh, particularly in areas north of the county near the county bounds uh, and particularly areas of West Cork. Mairead Tuig, our news reporter, has the very latest on this. Good morning to you, Mairead. Uh, good morning to you, Patricia. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very cold out there today. And, and like the pictures you were saying there, the, the model railway village in Clannock Hills, you have a lovely one up as well of all the little villages that they have there with all the snow on top. So making for, for very beautiful scenes, all right. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I must go, go and hunt that one uh, down. Now, I'm told parts of West Cork are so bad that some schools have been forced to close. They have, Patricia, yeah, and a lot of this uh, is down to bus services not running to, to take children and students to school this morning because of safety sake. So there's a number of schools there in, in Bantry, there's Crosta, Fobel and Our Lady of Mercy there closed, Drina National School, Tivaleague National School, and there's Skibbereen Community School, uh, MICC in Dunmanway, um, and that when in their post they said they're doing some online learning, so I'd imagine that's the case for most schools that are closed this morning, and I suppose online learning is something that became such a regular Occurrence during the pandemic that they're set up for, for instances like this now that they, they can still continue to learn. So there is a number of schools, that's just a, a taste, I suppose, of a few schools that are forced to close this morning. And it's all down 
down to safety. And as you said, there's icy stretches and, you know, freezing fog and it's making it very difficult for road users this morning. So the advice there is, I suppose, go out if you have to. And if you are out and about to, to just take it easy and, you know, allow plenty of room for braking distance and just be careful for uh, patches, of, you know, of black ice and things that, that you might notice. And uh, there was a report of a minus six degrees in the Mill Street and Drishan area this morning. So really cold temperatures there. And this uh, cold weather alert, it's a, a yellow low temperature and ice warning. It's in effect until midday today. So the advice is to just be really careful. And as well, if you're out for a walk or anything, you know, there could be some patches of ice on footpaths and things like that. So it's just to, to take caution and, and be careful. Yeah, and the fact that that uh, freezing temperature alert is in place until midday today, it means particularly where there was a lot of snow yesterday and, you know, compacted uh, snow, there's going to be no thaw on any of those roads before before at least midday today. Absolutely, yeah. And then it's going to take some time to, to get that thaw going. So it's definitely wise to, to be extremely careful all day today, just in case you, you never know what, you know, what patches of road uh, may be dangerous. And there is probably parts that are, are untreated. So it's just wise to be to be really careful. OK, and I know it is to continue with another bitterly cold night uh, tonight. And the winter we- weather advisory remains in place for the entire country until uh, Thursday. And it's as a result of this Arctic air flow. Okay, wrap yourself up warm, Maraid, and uh, stay safe. And thanks a million for joining us on the program. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, Maraid uh, Tuig, our uh, news reporter. 0818103103. A reminder to you if you are out and about driving this morning, please uh, let us know if you come across particularly dangerous stretches of uh, roads. I'm already seeing some WhatsApp uh, reports in from people, even though they left early for appointments, but uh, delayed appointment and cancelled appointments, which is really really, really frustrating uh, for people, particularly if it's a medical appointment that you've been really waiting for and then suddenly you're not able to make it because you get caught in delays with uh, traffic. So you need to add, if you if you have a journey that you must make today, you're going to have to allow extra time. Thank you to people, uh, particularly from West Cork, sending in photographs, a lovely photograph of fields absolutely covered in snow in Domamwe, one of those winter wonderland scenes. But then staying in Domamwe, somebody says, Patricia, Kilbarry, Domamwe, Road and the Kilmaine Dunmanway Road, not a good idea to travel on them at the moment. And as we mentioned in our report with uh, Maraid, that uh, status yellow for the freezing temperatures remains in place to midday today, so there's going to be no hope of any sort of uh, any of that road um, de icing uh, within uh, by midday or thawing out by midday. So you need to, I would avoid completely. And if you have to go somewhere today, wait until uh, this afternoon when there will be some kind of a thaw. And then here's somebody, my heart breaks uh, for this lady. Was this morning to Patricia? I'm having a really, really bad morning so far. Far. I got an appointment for the Aphidia. Uh, yesterday evening for this morning uh, in Cork City uh, for 7.50, 10 to 8 in the morning. I needed to be there 20 minutes before the appointment. As you know, we had snow last night in West Cork. Just giving that shout out for all the city people who didn't know that we had snow in West Cork. Our roads were 
hazardous. We crawled our way. And when we got to the band, when we got to Bandon, there was no snow. We then got delayed by the roadworks after Ballinascarthy. Uh, thanks to Ward and Burke, we were travelling from the Clonakilty side. We were waiting 15 minutes before we could move. Nobody was working, only the stop and go guys. We got as far as the airport hill when my phone rang and it was a phone call from Aphidia wondering where I was. I explained to her I'd be at least another 15 minutes late. It was due to the roads. The girl speaking to me had absolutely no understanding. I asked if I could get another time. She said no. I again explained to her why I was being delayed, but she didn't respond. We had to turn around and come home again. Uh, I really need this appointment as my health isn't too good at the moment and I am now at home just so, so upset. Just letting people know what happens when you get delayed if you have an appointment in the city. Now we're going to get on to uh, Fidia just uh, to see if there's if, if in any way we can we can help out. We can certainly help out with this uh, appointment and that can and does happen. People can get delayed for all kinds of different uh, reasons. Now I don't know, we'll find out from them. Maybe in their defence they are so busy and so tightly backed up with appointments that they have no wriggle room that if somebody is late the case you know you lose your appointment slot which is heartbreaking if you really need an appointment uh, to, to get something checked out uh, health-wise. So we'll get on to them and see if we can get any response from them uh, today. Uh, but my heart breaks for you. I can, I can see and sense uh, the disappointment in your text. 0818103103. Hi, Patricia. The water has been turned off in Grange in Formoy at nine o'clock this morning without w- warning. The water had been running freely. No issue with frozen mains, pipes or, or anything. I mean, if it's suddenly gone off, that sounds to me like it is some kind of a break we'll see if we can get onto Irish water and see what's uh, going on but I mean to water to suddenly stop without warning if it was a planned outage you would have had warning that to me sounds like there has been some kind of a break on the water mains we'll see if we can get information for you This is Cork Today on C103 Email Patricia now with your story or comment Cork Today at C103.ie And Cork County Council have just been on to say that the Cousson Gap that still remains impassable and that was due to the overnight snow and getting reports in the roads around Dunmanway and Skibbereen particularly bad this morning and the McCroom to Mill Street Road as well so please uh, take care on the roads and somebody else says Patricia put a warning out for the roads from Oscarbury to Clonakilty uh, they are particularly bad in some patches as well please drive with care now could it be possible that thousands of motorists are entitled to a free NCT test because of the failure of test centres to provide appointments. To discuss a customer charter, which is operated by the NCT provider, is East Cork Dáil Deputy James O'Connor, who is, of course, Fianna Fáil spokesperson on transport. Good morning to you, James. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome uh, to the programme. I suppose, firstly, outline to people what this customer charter is and how it's supposed to operate. Yes, so the NCT... Uh, operate a customer charter, which is effectively the terms of their service. It's actually something that was disclosed uh, in terms of the website and was uncovered uh, a number of days ago uh, by, by a number of people working in a voluntary capacity on road safety, which was brought to my attention. Uh, unfortunately, what has now come to light is that following uh, the very uh, quietly managed reintroduction of this customer charter, in early October, it does state that after a period of time of 28 days, that people who are going for an NCT, Patricia, 
are actually entitled to get a free NCT. But what has come to light between the, that, that time in October and where we are now today in January, nobody has been offered a free NCT according to figures that were released to RTE. And does, so that, does that surprise you? Um, I unfortunately, I don't. I'm not one bit surprised by it because back in in October time, the NCT, uh, I suppose, management in terms of the RSA came before the Transport Committee uh, on that particular time, and I was very, very unimpressed uh, by their performance at the committee. So, in terms of management within the NCT and within the RSA, there are a lot of questions that do need to be answered, uh, but they have let themselves down in the past. You know, we've seen these enormous backlogs as well, Patricia, but. You know, the fact that they stated this on their website, you know, it's 55 euros of people's money. And in this, they went ahead and charged people who were waiting, in some cases, for up to four and five months. That's disgraceful. And but and that customer charter has always been there because I remember discussing it here on the programme uh, in previous years when there was backlogs because every now and again with the NCT for whatever reason there would be a backlogs and I remember listeners saying do you know do you realise you're entitled to a free NCT? What I could never find out was and I could ne- certainly on the listeners to this programme I could never find anyone over any of the previous years who received a free NCT test because they couldn't get a date within. 28 days. That's a very, very valid point, Patricia. And even back at the committee in October, I actually took out a number of centres from our own local area. So Cork East, as many people know, it runs from Mallow back to Haridlin, all the way down to Yall and over to Cove. And I checked every centre in our vicinity, including in South Tipperary and West Waterford and in Cork City. And the earliest available date in October was actually uh, late January. So you know, the waiting time of 28 days you know, it's, it's almost laughable if it wasn't so serious because the reality is, is that people are having to wait for four and five months. Back then, actually, the local centre in the town of Yall, which I, I don't live very far away from, uh, was about 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 um, up until mid-April back in, in, in October when I checked first. So the, the waiting times can run upwards of six months. And this is something that's just appalling. Like, I, I really am uncomfortable as well by the fact that this was reintroduced and then people's money were taken. And, you know, when we boil it down, if you just think about the NCT test as well, you know, people who might have a few quid in their pockets might have the luxury of buying a new car or maybe on, on finance or PCP every three years or two years. Um, but for a lot of road users out there that don't have that type of money, that may have much older vehicles and having to pay for this NCT test after their period of time has elapsed with their NCT validity, and their money has been taken from them, and I think it's wrong. And I think that the NCT have an awful lot to explain as to the Road Safety Authority. And I think people who have paid and the terms of this refund um, um, have been breached in terms of them uh, having to wait over 28 days. This is something that needs to be immediately corrected. Yeah, and the other thing that I, I, and I don't understand why it has to be at midnight, but I know before Christmas I had an NCT booked for late last year for around October and unfortunately I got the dreaded COVID so I had to cancel that appointment and then of course I knew I was going to be waiting an excessively long period of time to get another test. So I booked another test which would have been well into uh, this year and then um, I went online at midnight every night for a number of nights and eventually got an appointment that suited me closer to the date. They seem to release these extra appointments. I, I just can't understand why that's always done at midnight. 
That's right. And the whole system of the block booking, I think, is causing huge administrative uh, problems for the NCT because, as you stated there, in terms of the booking system, you know, if you go on to the NCT system tonight and you try and book your test, that's not necessarily the closest available date that's available because of the block release of the, of the, of the test. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, this is something that was very much, um, uh, I suppose, teased out at the Transport Committee when we discussed it with them. But it's it's very, very confusing. You know, I think of a system where you're booking a flight, you, you know, you want to be able to see what the nearest available date of fly is. You know, for the NCT system, people who want to get it, obviously they need it, they're working, they have jobs to do. And the other point, and it's a crucial point to make, is that if your NCT is out, you're technically, you know, in breach of the law. And in some cases, some insurers, although there is often discretion applied where an accident occurs by the Gardaí and in the insurance companies, if you don't have a valid NCT, some of the insurance companies state that you don't actually have insurance cover. And if these wait times are as long as they are, people are technically breaking the law. And I think that's something that urgently needs to be looked at uh, in terms of, you know, temporary legislation or else a recognition that when the, the NCT test is actually booked and you have documentation to prove it, uh, that that's something that should cover the person for the for the period of time where they are waiting. Yeah, uh, well, I, I know, I know, I know we covered it with... Uh, um yesterday with Paul Kavanagh of McCarthy Insurance and he was saying that it's just important that you've got proof of the test date with you while you're driving from an insurance uh, point of view. But of course, it is a criminal offence to drive without a valid NCT cert. Now, Gardaí are using their discretion, but it is discretion is the important word there. You could meet a member from Gardaí Siakana who decides to use his discretion and decides to say, well, you know, you're that's a criminal offence. You don't have an up-to-date NCT. That's exactly it. And, you know, isn't that a very unfair position to put a member of the public in? Or even, you know, the Garda's job is to enforce the law. And from their perspective as well, obviously, you know, the letter of the law is the letter of the law. So, you know, there isn't necessarily wrong being done there. But that's something that we now have to get very serious about because the NCT centres are actually planning to try and do up to 2 million vehicles a year. I think that will give the public an indication of just how many people could have been affected from that elapsed period where the customer charter, where people should be entitled to their refund um, from mid-October was reintroduced. So the fact that they're going to do 2 million uh, vehicles this year gives an indication of just how many vehicles could be affected by uh, not having valid NCTs or NCTs that have expired and are awaiting a new one. Because I suppose if you're, if you're in that, that limbo, you know, and you have an accident, that's, that's a, a horrendous case to be to be in. Uh, and I suppose, of course, meeting a member of Angadish Yachana that may not give the discretion, I've yet to hear of a case of that happening, but I suppose it, there is always that worry, but the insurance for me is a is bigger big worry. One, is the big one. Yeah, I mean, could temporary amendments be um, introduced to make sure the motorists are not penalised? Because it's, it's through no fault of their own. Yes, and there's a couple of things that I suppose that you could do from a legislative point of view you know, looking at a statutory instrument that would recognise that somebody who has booked an NCT test, you know, is entitled to that degree of protection. Uh, and, and obviously the insurance companies then, there should be some degree of liaising between the Department of Transport and uh, the insurance companies as well to make sure that we're all working off of the same page. You know, it's a very, very dangerous place to be in when you have an accident where there's an issue around insurance cover. Uh, and obviously each individual company, there can be very wide variations in the insurance cover they provide. Just for example, Patricia, uh, if you have somebody who is open driving, 
some insurance companies state that if the, if the open driver, you know, so if you had a neighbour or a friend or a family member that's not named in the policy and is driving and has six or more penalty points, they actually don't have insurance cover to drive a car with a lot of the big insurance companies in Ireland. So each insurance company has its own set of rules, its own set of, of conditions. And sometimes the public may not be fully aware of that. So that's why it's important that we all work off of the same page when it comes to, you know, that waiting time where your NCT is expired and you're waiting to get a new test. OK, a couple of questions uh, in. Donalyn Bwing did a retest recently for the NCT and he was told if he didn't do the retest within 20 to 28 days, he would have to have paid the full price for the retest. He'd be back again being charged uh, 55 euro. But he was wondering, should he been in, could he have been entitled to a free test if he couldn't get the retest within the 28 days? And it wasn't his fault. According to the customer charter, you know, that 28-day period of time, once that has elapsed, that's that's what indicates that somebody is, worth, uh, is able to get a free test. And just, just to briefly recap, of course, that the customer charter was reintroduced in October. They suspended it during the pandemic for, I suppose, for, 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 for decent reasons in terms of the NCT centres being affected by, by COVID lockdowns. But after that period of time, they decided last October to reintroduce this customer charter, which they stated on their site that if you're waiting over 28 days, that your €55 fee is supposed to be uh, refunded or waived. And that's not after happening. And it's just not good enough. And Eddie Amano is bringing up something that I know annoys a lot of people. He's making the point that if you go for your NCT and it's three months past the date you were due your NCT, but that was the only available uh, date appointment uh, for you, when you get your new NCT certificate, it's only valid for another nine months, not for the full 12 months. Uh, And he, he says that is having another problem with backlogs this is for people who've got to have their NCT done uh, every year they'll they'll no sooner have their NCT and it'll be due again in nine months time and a lot of people feel that because the delays are not of the driver's fault that when you get your NCT cert it should be for the full 12 months from the date of the NCT. I think that's a very valid point something that's worth making so what we're going to need to do in the Oireachtas as well Patricia is that we need to reappoint a, a new chairperson of the Transport Committee Following on from the, the reshuffle of the ministerial positions, our committee chairperson, Kieran O'Donnell, the TD from Limerick, connections in Charleville, people might know, and Mallow. Um, Kieran has actually been promoted now as a Minister of State. So we're actually without a chair. So what we're going to do, hopefully tomorrow, is agree to have a temporary chair in the interim uh, and to try and immediately try and investigate this by bringing in the RSA and bringing in the NCT. And in, in relation to the uh, suggestion from the man from Mallow there, I, I definitely think that's something that could be brought forward and suggested. And, you know, if anyone else has any queries or concerns, be sure to reach out to us and, and I'll definitely try and raise them when the RSA appear, appear before the committee. Yeah, so and, when, and, if you, and if you if, when you do get um, APLUS in, ask them as well over the years how many people did actually get that free test because of the 28-day rule. I, I would be just really interested in the figures on that. I, I certainly will. And but what we do know, Patricia, is that between October and now is that there nobody got it. And there should have been. And there yes. abso- absolutely should have been. OK, uh, James, uh, get back to us. We'll leave more on this. But in the meantime, thank you. Uh, and well done for raising this. Uh, a lot of people very annoyed about problems with their NCT. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, Cork East.
Fianna Fáil Deputy Spokesperson on Transport that is Deputy James O'Connor 0818 103 103 Somebody earlier was on about the water suddenly going off in Grange in Formoy at 9 o'clock with no warning and the person said the water was running freely and suddenly boom gone and this person said there's no issue with frozen pipes what's after happening uh, we've just found out that there are repairs ongoing now to a burst water main which is causing disruptions in some parts of uh, Formoy but particularly in the Mallow Road area of uh, Formoy so I'm assuming that that's what's going on there there is a burst water main but they are working um, Irish Water working or Ishka Aaron as they're now called it'll take me a while to get used to that they are working on sorting it out Now according to Feed Cork they have seen a huge surge in the need for its food bank in recent months and they're now expecting exceptionally high demand in the coming weeks and months and joining me from Feed Cork one of their volunteers and that's Sharon Mullins Good morning to you Sharon Hi Patricia uh, how are you? I'm, I'm very good thank you always great to speak with you Now Sharon Looking back on previous years, are January and February normally very busy months for the food bank following the expense of Christmas? Yeah, you know, no, I suppose nothing really has been normal the last two years. Do you know what I mean? Um, because we had lockdowns and whatever else. No, it, we'd say at the start it would have been. But I suppose we were looking, you know, we keep our stats. And last January 22, we had over, I think, something like 1,100 people registered on our system and as of two weeks ago we have over 2,000 we've had an increase of 83% if you want to be exact you know what I mean and our demographic would have changed completely Talk talk to me about that talk to me about the change in the demographic Yeah I suppose the change would be we'd have a lot of people who are working now Um, a lot of people with part time jobs just pinned to their collars um, yeah, like before Christmas, it was just so busy, and you know, a lot of people in distress. Um, obviously, you know, with Santa coming and everything, um, so there's a lot of pressure on people. Yeah, and I think you know, in the past, when we th- when we think about food banks and when you think of people like Katrina Toomey at mm. Corp Engineers, you think of people who are living on social welfare you're thinking of people who are homeless people living in you know Mm -hmm. really bad conditions you don't think of people who are getting up every morning and heading out to work be it part-time or full-time yeah you don't think of those people needing and and to anybody looking at you know working beside somebody they would never know how tough it is for some people yeah, exactly. And I suppose, that, you know, the way we've been looking at it as well is that we've seen people, there's a lot of people carrying a lot of personal debt. And I think a lot of that is coming from COVID, you know, when we were locked down and people yeah. weren't on their proper payment. So there's a huge amount of of personal debt around. And like that's in my own experience, you know, when you're talking to people. So, you know, people are playing catch up still. Do you know what I mean? And of course, so, we have never seen anything like the energy costs that everybody is yeah. experiencing. And I suppose for us here, really, our aim, the reason that Pastor Hamp set this up was to keep people in their homes. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's the whole reason behind this, that you're trying to help the people who are in their homes to stay there, you know? Yeah, so, and, and I mean, for people who end up using a service like uh, Feed Cork, I, I assume cutting back on food is the only way they have saving to pay for another bill. Yeah, well, you know something, now, 
I, I actually spoke to somebody last week. Um, by accident, I happened to be at the counter. Um, we were giving out spare ribs, and I was telling her how to... They were cooked. I was telling her how to reheat them. And she said to me, no, thanks. Um, we gave up meat because we can't afford it. No, I'm doing this five years. That was the first on me, which frightened me, to be honest. I was, it, it, it really upset me. I just thought, this is crazy. Like, I mean, if you can't afford the basics, that they gave up meat because of the cost of it. And, so, wouldn't, uh, were, and wouldn't even take what you were giving her. No, from, she was. No, she wouldn't take it. Help. She said, no, no, she said. And, you know, no, it's just. I mean, there's no judgment here. We have you have no idea what's going on behind anyone's door, no matter what the picture looks like to you. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you could see someone pulling up in a lovely car, thinking that they have it all together. But I mean, I remember through COVID, you know, people when we had a drive-through, people pulling up in lovely cars. But like at the end of the day, a lot of people are living so far out; they need their cars. They can't yeah, just get rid yeah, of them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And many of those cars are already paid for. Uh, and it might be a, a big car that's costly to run, but they've no yeah. choice. They can't get rid yeah. of it. They can't afford to buy uh, a smaller. And I'm always, and, and I'm glad that you've mentioned that because mm. it always drives me mad when I get a text or a comment in and somebody will say something like, oh, I live next door to somebody that mm. I saw the local Vincent de Paul calling in uh, to yeah. them. They have a fine big car outside. And I'm always saying to that person who sent in that uh, text, you have no idea of what's going yeah. on behind that close when that person closes that front door you've no idea of knowing how much is coming into that house there it might look like a gorgeous house mm-hmm. everything is kept well and there's a big car outside but you've no way of knowing no. what happens no. so you know be very be very slow before you step into yeah. you know walk a mile in my shoes is a very exactly. is a very very true saying and feed cork sharon it was it was may of 2017 yeah, May 2017, Pastor Ham set this up. It's a Christian outreach, and it was, he set it up. He said there were five baskets given out the first week. And I can tell you now, um, like, because we keep all our staff, we are looking after about 600 people every week. So we're reaching 600 families every week. Like, that, and, and you're talking about basics. Do you know what I mean? Non perishables. You now, we would have dairy, and we would have a meat and a veg. But, um, yeah, just people are just absolutely pinned to their collars, you know. But have you ever seen a more challenging period than what you're facing? No. Uh, I mean, the first year I think I was in here, I think I spent the first year crying every week, thinking (laughs) like, yeah, but you'd want to be made of stone if it didn't affect you, you know what I mean? And I I was saying, I have to get a grip of this. Because really, even if it's only one person you're you're helping, you're making a difference, you know. And, and like we're doing this other programme now here in the city at the moment, you know, where we're working with some of the DESH schools and it's called an after school fuel programme. And the director of that is Emma. Um, so Emma is trying to, what we're trying to do, this is a big ask now, just in case anybody's listening, we're trying to underwrite a part-time salary for her because we know that the demand is out there for this after school fuel. So for whatever the reason, we will send seven meals home for the child at the weekend, we will drop them on a Friday so they'd have their tea, breakfast, dinner and tea for Saturday and Sunday and breakfast, you know, both days, sorry. So that's like seven meals we're sending for the child. And there's stuff that the child would only like, we get the food from a company called Brook Foods here. They've been helping us really since COVID. And it's it's, it's a very successful programme. And it, I think it takes, 
for whatever reason, whatever's going on in the home, it's just taking that pressure off the parent, our parents. Do you know what I mean? So, so that the and, child and you need to send the seven meals because there's the possibility that the child will leave school having been fed in school on Friday and mightn't eat again until they come in on Monday morning. Well, I suppose we're just trying to make sure that there's that, that doesn't happen. Accessible, yeah, yeah. So, like, wow. we would work with the homeschool liaison teachers. Like, we don't choose the families; they they choose them. And you know, for whatever, listen, there could be sickness in the house, and there could be all sorts going on. And just to take alleviate that pressure at the weekend. So, if there's anybody out there who would like to help us, even a group of people that might be able to help us, we are desperate to get Emma. Um, up and running with this because we feel like she's she's um, you know she's well qualified and we just want the right person in that role and we feel she's the right person for us. Yeah, and she'd um, be a great a great link between oh, what's happening is. in the school and then yeah. you guys getting the food to yeah, the I mean, children Emma, that needed yeah. the most. Like Emma, Emma was actually my beautician. Oof. Emma gave up her her business through COVID. She had her own business for eleven years and decided to go back to college because she wanted to give back. And I mean, what she's doing now to what she came from, it's like chalk and cheese. I know, but she I just know. has such a heart for it. And well done. Well done. it would make well it would just make a big difference to people, you know, so and we can really know get that going this year. And of course, it, it's not just a city service. You you support parts of West Cork as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do, Drummer League. And like even some of the Dutch schools like uh, around West Cork, we would look after, like we say, in the summer, um, we got three and a half thousand school packs, which would be boxes of stationery for, we say, for primary school and for secondary school. So we would have um, given those out to a lot of the Desh schools. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I, I suppose what I love about this is when people come in, they're coming into a very welcoming atmosphere because we know there's a lot of pride with people. Um, you know what I mean? Like we're the best in the world for giving the Irish per capita. But when it comes to looking for help themselves, a lot of them, it is pride, like, you know. And and I get that by the same token, you know, no, we're only all a few pay- paychecks away from a difficult situation. None of us knows what's out in front of us, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose we're really aware of that in here, so we want our atmosphere to be friendly. Like, there's a lovely cafe here. It's all complimentary. It's just, it's a beautiful place to come into. Yeah, I remember chatting with uh, somebody working at some kind of a soup kitchen and uh, these uh, children had been sent in for something hot uh, to uh, to eat and they noticed the mother was kind of lurking outside and they went out and said, you know, you're going to come in and she said, no, no, just just give it to the children. And they were saying, no, you know, and she said, no, no, no. And she just, she, and I don't even know if it was embarrassment with Mm. her but she just wanted to make sure that her children and they insisted and they brought her in and they realised that this woman was as hungry as 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 we'll always do whatever we can uh, for for our children, and the, the a lot of your food is donated, but you do need to buy supplies as well. Oh yeah, you? we do. Like we we have four streams, so we'd have um we'd have uh the feed. We're part of the feed program. We also get food from Food Cloud. We also would have stuff from we say Marks and Spencers, uh, Tesco's would be amazing to us, Aldi, Little. So, but again, it it actually takes four hundred. Um, volunteer hours and about 35 volunteers for us to open part-time on Wednesday and Thursday. So everything is done to the highest standard. You know, we have to have a chill van to carry the food. And you know what I mean? It's just, and I just feel that people coming in here must be given the best service. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like, 
you know, because I, I mean, I can remember as a child, you know, where I lived, I lived in a place called 98th Street and you'd see people walking up the street and they'd been down with the local convent and, you know, we always knew where they'd been, you know what I mean? I know, I know, whereas, I know. You know, whereas the way we have it set up here now, it's like a cashless shop. So a parent especially, like, because we would have kids in here, it looks like they're choosing, they choose what they want and... The only thing we don't do is exchange uh, money. And that's so fantastic. That's it is. It's, it's lovely because the guys we have in here, they're all volunteers. They're just brilliant. And they're and, all... Um, and the idea is they come in and they, they get the bits and bobs that they need yeah. to, uh, to keep them. And it's all the basics, is it? Is that what you're trying to... Ba- yeah, we'd have all the basics. We'd have cereal, tea, coffee, sugar, tuna, you know, you might have tin peaches, whichever. You know, we, we have so many credits and we use our credits wisely. But then from food clothes, we might pick up um, we might pick up some dairy, uh, some some veg, some fruit. It just depends on what's there um, that week, you know. So it's just it's it's a I great just, system, yeah. really, because it, it, you know, it, 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 well. it is it is brilliant. It is brilliant, Sharon. But it's just hard to believe that in twenty twenty three, this is what Trisha, we're I spoke to somebody last week, and I just said, you know. We shouldn't be here, but we are where we are. So as long as we're here, let's do the best we can. And just not judge others, because really, we have no idea what's going on behind anybody's door. And I think that's really important to to be aware of that, because uh, I suppose I really see it in here. Um, I really see it in here, like you just, you know, you'd have this perception of people. And sure, like you'd be 100 percent wrong more often than not when you're sitting down chatting with them. You know? Okay, you have you have a GoFundMe page. We the have cost well, of living yeah, crisis. The fund. cost of living crisis. So uh, again, now if anybody feels like giving me a ring and would like to donate to getting Emma set up for twelve months, we would just love, love to okay. be able to do, to do that because we just feel, you know, it's it's a pilot scheme, um, but we know like it's 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 going to grow and we can't grow it without. Without, without putting without, without place. somebody, yeah we, yeah, we have to, like, you know, it's great to, our volunteers are brilliant, but we need a paid role for this. It's really important, you know. Okay, all right. And how can people contact you, Sharon? They can contact us on, um, I can give you my own number. Okay. Uh, I'll give it to you uh, offline. Okay, I, we okay? have, yeah, we have it. Yeah. If anyone so contacts you, yeah, pass it up. And, and the go the GoFundMe page is on cost of living crisis. It is. The cost it of is. living crisis. Yeah, so anything at all. And you know something, if you can't donate, even share the page, that'll make a difference. Yes. The, the wider the reach, the better, you know. Okay, listen, we'll speak again in the meantime. Look after Patricia, yourself. Thanks so much. And You're well very done. good. Oh, and well done to all the volunteers. You're an amazing yeah, bunch. Thanks great. a million. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so a million. much, Patricia. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's the wonderful Sharon Mullins with Feed Cork feeding our own. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Uh, comments coming in to us. Firstly, on that message that I read out earlier from somebody really, really upset heading out of West Cork, heading to the city this morning to a very early appointment at 10 to 8 at... Um, uh, at Fidia, um, I'm assuming getting some kind of a scan done, but got delayed between treacherous driving conditions. Then there was roadworks uh, coming out abandoned, and they rang to say, "Where were you?" She explained that she was caught in traffic delays and just didn't entertain taking a later appointment and ended up having to go home and was really quite upset about him. Now we have contacted uh, Afidia. Uh, we spoke to them, uh, but they want us uh, to, they want us now to contact them by email if we want to get a response. So we're emailing them with the query and we're waiting on a response. But I then got in a couple of 
texts in from other people with missed appointments. Hi Patricia, I recently had the very same experience with Afida due to roadworks. We also were stuck in traffic going into the city. They rang me and I explained and said I'm literally just minutes away but they wouldn't have it, wouldn't hear of it and the appointment got cancelled. That's from Teresa in Canturk. Morning Patricia, I missed an appointment before Christmas for weather reasons also. The reception when I rang to inform central appointments was as icy as the morning of which I was driving. So last week I rang the secretary of the clinic I was to attend to inquire if there was an update on a new appointment. She was lovely and polite and she said central appointments had me scheduled for next July but she didn't have a date. So I decided I'd contact central appointments to try to get the date. They informed me that they did not have me down for an appointment in July and I was to contact the secretary the original secretary I contacted to see if they had me down for an appointment. How do you win here? Do these people think that our health is irrelevant and that they are dealing with fools? Thanking you. That's from Karen, who is equally frustrated. I don't know where her appointment is, but she's trying to get her appointment sorted out as well. And then on NCTs, we've had a flurry of texts and calls, uh, including a text in from a familiarist saying, Hi, Patricia, I rang for an NCT test on the 6th of January this year. I still do not have a test date. My NCT is is out on the 22nd of February next. I'm one of those people who will not drive my car if something is out of date for fear of being fined by Angarda Shia I will not be able to get to work uh, because maybe the NCT will not give me a test date before the 22nd of February. The NCT really needs to be set up better. If something is wrong with your car, you will get it fixed. So why, why we have NCT testing is a joke. It's another way of getting money out of us. I feel NCT should be axed. And that comes in from a FMOI uh, listener. Well, I would get back on to them and I would put your fears to them that you really want to have your test on time. I mean, you can do what I did. If you can log on late at night, they seem to just around midnight, they seem to put up new test dates and times that are available if that's of any any use to you if you could go on the computer at night and see if you can get a test date but failing that I would contact them because they are pretty good anyone that we've needed to get an appointment for urgently we had a few people now I remember before Christmas who needed their car to do a driving test and you can't do a driving test with an out of date NCT and when they got on to their NCT centre and explained they had appointments within the next day or, or two so I would suggest maybe contacting the centre directly Directly explain your dilemma, and, and I guarantee you they'll they will find you a date and a time to uh, suit you. Um, uh, hi, Patricia. What about the potholes on our country roads and farmers not cutting their, our hedges? It is impossible to keep our cars road worthy. And then somebody else says, if I have a crash with a car without a valid NCT, can I sue the member of Angarda Siakona if I found out that that driver was stopped by Angarda and then they allowed the car to proceed if the Garda used his own uh, discretion? Well, I don't know if you could sue the, the Garda, but I mean, if it was to do that there was something wrong with the car, maybe you would have a case in point then that the car was unroadworthy, but I don't know about suing uh, the member of Angarda Siakona who was only trying to uh, be is helpful to people because it's through somebody's it's for in the majority of cases it's through no fault of the person's own that they haven't got a valid NCT they'll have a test date uh, but they just couldn't get a test date in time somebody else says Patricia once you book your NCT do you pay straight away 
are due pay on the day of the NCT. The fee is deducted in full from your credit or debit card once the booking has been confirmed. So it's on the day that you make your booking that the money will come out of your account. Hi Patricia, I booked my NCT last Thursday. It's not due until February. I got an appointment for the following day, Friday. Passed and I'm out the gap. Oh, there's, you see, <laughs> some people can be very lucky to get the exact date and time that they are looking for. Patricia, my NCT was up last June and I couldn't get an appointment until last October. But about a week before the test was due, there was an incident with the car and my mechanic told me I wouldn't have the car back for two weeks. So I was then forced to cancel my NCT. I explained, but they wouldn't, they didn't refund me the extra charge. So I'm wondering who should I get onto? That's from Anne. Now, uh, I'm a bit confused. Did you re because if you remade if you booked a new appointment, if you schedule your, your, your prepaid text with more than five days to go, and I take it that you did, then the payment follows you to the next booking. So if you've taken on another booking, then the payment goes forward for that. But if, if you don't, if you cancel a prepaid one, you are entitled to a refund. Now, what I've done for Anne, I've gone on to the NCT and I've got her the address that she can write to if you feel you've been incorrectly charged if you're entitled to a refund. And I've sent that on to Anne. So Anne, let me know. But if you have made a new test date, which I'm assuming reading your text, you don't have an NCT. So you had to cancel the one for October, but you would have made another test an, an appointment for another date. If so, then the payment has just followed you on to the new uh, date. And then going back to yesterday, this is from a Killarney listener. It says, hi, Patricia. Correct to me if I'm wrong, please. You were Deputy Michael Healy Ray on the programme yesterday. I did indeed. And he was telling people that motorists should t- take care on the roads, particularly young drivers. And then on the other hand, he was critical of the operation of the speed vans, which certainly do save, save lives. So what he said, I felt, was a contradiction. If you drive within the rules of the road the speed vans will not be a worry to you speeding drivers however would be a worry says the uh, Claudia listener well uh, from what I picked off from what Michael Healy Ray was saying and I have to say a lot of people agreed with him not, not everybody agreed with everything that Michael had to say but on the speed vans uh, a lot of people did agree what Michael was critical of there was when these speed vans were first introduced we were told that they were going to be placed in areas where there was a lot of accidents caused by speeding and these were where there had been fatal road accidents or very serious uh, road accidents and his criticism was that since they have been introduced he feels some of the time that these speed vans are parked kind of sneakily parked in areas where they're going to catch people who are just over the speed uh, limit and he felt and he used the analogy that Conor Faulkner who used to work with the AA used it's like fishing with a barrel in a barrel and he felt it was just a money making exercise and there was nothing to do with road uh, safety now I won't fully agree and say it's nothing to do with road safety you're right the speed vans can and have and do uh, save lives but there was a part of me was thinking I've seen speed vans sometimes you're thinking why are they parked there particularly just come around a bend and there's the speed van and I accept exactly what you're saying if you're driving within the speed limit then you have nothing to fear but I used the example for myself that I had before Christmas when I was travelling and I needed to overtake this large articulated truck that was on the motorway and there was something around one of the mud flaps and it was a miserable old, 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 miserable miserable day and the the amount of 
water and muck that was being sprayed up on the windscreen of my car. It was making uh, driving really, really difficult. So I decided it was on the motorway I'd overtake. But the fact that he was travelling at 120 kilometres, I had to go over the 120 kilometres. And then just up as I came sort of almost a bend in the road, there was a, like a curve in the road. There was the speed van. I was convinced that I had been caught speeding. No, I wasn't. But somebody pointed out that that Arctic lorry was more than likely caught because they shouldn't have been travelling at 120 kilometres per hour on a motorway, even though it was that week between Christmas and uh, New Year and there wasn't a lot on the roads. So sometimes you're going just above what you should be doing uh, you, uh, because you need to overtake or for whatever reason. But yes, I accept what you're saying, that if you're, you're not speeding, you shouldn't have anything you shouldn't worry about the speed vans but that's what his point was yesterday just where some of them are parked he was just a little bit critical of those and as I say a number of listeners did agree with him now on some of the other points he made not everybody was in agreement that Michael as I mentioned is a bit like Marmite either love him or you hate him Vincent in Ennis said why doesn't the government open up more NCT centres everybody is trying to pay their way yet we're unable to pay a reveal of the service so why not simply open up more NCT centres and surely that would clear the backlog I think one of the problems that Atlas who run the NCT centres they're having a recruitment problem I know I read an article just after Christmas where they were talking about they're bringing in I think it was people from Spain they're bringing in mechanics from Spain from some other countries can't remember what other country they were trying to get they don't have enough mechanics uh, to work and then obviously with COVID and RSV and flu they were having a number of their mechanics out sick and so they had, they were battling with that uh, as well because when the NCT centres were set up it was deemed that there was enough now was it set up in a different uh, time when we didn't have many people living in this country probably yes so maybe the NCT the number of NCT centres we have maybe that does need to be looked at Vincent maybe you do have a point maybe we'll put that to uh, James O'Connor when he's on the transport committee when they're going to be bringing in the RSA and bringing in the the company Atlas in maybe we need to look at the amount of roads that are on the amount of cars that are on our roads and do we have enough test uh, centres 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls and thank you to Margaret gorgeous email into the programme to Patricia at c103.ie that made me smile and I love any email that will make me smile Margaret was one of our super value gift card recipients remember we had some uh, gift cards to give away before Christmas and we were giving them away kind of doing them as acts of kindness and people that had done nice things or people that were there was something maybe something not too nice that happened to them and we had a selection of different reasons why we gave away gift cards and Margaret was one I think my memory serves me right Margaret had sent in a lovely email that I thought was just such a really nice sweet email and that she deserved one of our super value gift cards anyway she says Patricia Monday yesterday was said to be Blue Monday but not for me. I went and did my weekly shop at Super Value with the wonderful gift card I got from you before Christmas. I kept it intentionally until January to enjoy the much needed pick me up we all need after the holidays come to an end. Thank you, Patricia. And thanks to Super Value for the kindness. It was much appreciated and really made a difference to me yesterday. Well done. Well done. You are one of those people, though, Margaret, that your glass is always half full. It's never half empty. Long may that continue. 0818 103 jobs. Ward personnel, they are recruiting all types of carpenters. 021 233 9120. 
Part-time hotel receptionist is wanted for the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. CVs, please, for the attention of Tracy to info at hibernianhotelmallow.com. An accounts assistant is wanted to work in Canturk. Reli- flexible hours available. CVs, please, to info at rota.ie. And a farm assistant wanted for a dairy farm in Castletown Roach. Full clean driver's licence required 086 855 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. And a lovely uh, text in from Mark in uh, Groner Brawler. It says, Patricia, just want to comment on Sharon Mullen, who you spoke with in the last hour from the group Feed Cork. My partner knows her very well. And she says how lovely and decent Sharon is and the great work she does to help people is just wonderful. We could do with more folks like that in these times. And that's from Mark in Gronerbrauer. And I appreciate you sending on the, the text. Yeah, any time I've interviewed her, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Along with all of the others, she'd say there's a big team of volunteers behind her. But they sort of, they're in there. They're the very same as like Katrina Toomey and her bunch in Cork Penny Dinners. You know, where would we be in this, con- in this country, particularly at the moment with the challenging times we're facing without decent, good, lovely, decent people, the likes of uh, Sharon and uh, Katrina. But I really appreciate your text, Mark. Thank you for that. To 0862 103 103. And somebody's texting on behalf of Jim in Bantry to say Arctic trucks are only allowed to drive a maximum speed of 90 kilometres per hour, not 120 like the one that I had to overtake. Thank you for that. A number of people pointing that out yesterday as well. Now, recently, A dog breeder in North Cork was shut down by Cork County Council for posing a serious and immediate threat to animal welfare, with close to 220 dogs confined to undersized kennels in Donoray. To discuss how we end this scourge of puppy farms, I'm joined by John O'Callaghan of a newly formed non-profit welfare organisation, which is called Dog Advocacy Ireland. Uh, Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. And, and thank you, thank you for, for taking the, 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 well, the you, time you're, to discuss this. You're welcome to the programme, and I will talk about your new group in a moment. But but firstly, this dog breeding establishment in Donorell, can, can you outline the condition that some of the dogs were found in? Well, it, it's it, they're appalling conditions uh, to, to have any animal in, Patricia. Dogs lying in, in kennels of... of uh, uh, very confined, restricted space, uh, lying on their own feces, uh, no bedding, no heating, no love or affection by anybody. You know, it's just an appalling abuse of, of an animal. And, Any in, animal. and included in the 220 dogs were 75 little puppies. 75 little puppies. The breed for greed, uh, industrial... Uh, breeding industry that is allowed to flourish unhindered in Ireland. Puppy farm capital of Europe. What a shameful uh, accolade to hold. Ireland, puppy farm capital of Europe, where we have hundreds of donor rails. 
Yeah, and one of the other th- things that caught my eye was uh, one of the inspectors was saying that um, many of the dogs weren't used to human contact, so they obviously had been shown absolutely no uh, kindness at all and they were displaying abnormal behaviour. And the big danger there is people that buy these puppies, they never get to see the conditions they were raised in, but they could end up with a dog with a lot of behaviour issues. I'll just correct you on, on that last word, the second last word you could, uh, Patricia, they will end up with huge issues, both psychological and physical issues, because of the nature of their their birth and their rearing. As you say, they're shown no love and affection. They're in these living in these atrocious conditions in that environment until they're eight or ten weeks old. And then they're trafficked to the UK or they're sold to unsuspecting uh, potential uh, buyers. Now, there's a whole issue here in relation to with the, the, the work of Dog Advocacy Ireland. It's, a, it's to address this uh, appalling situation that flourishes. Uh, there are many issues with this, but that, that needs to be, and I'm not lecturing here, but I'm sure an awful lot of people are you know, uh, blindly buying these these puppies. And there's a website, which I'm not going to name, which facilitates the sale of these uh, puppy farm dogs. Uh, it's blinding the, the, the amount of uh, money, income, that's being earned from this particular uh, website. We're talking about 50000 per month is being earned through... Nothing. There's nothing illegal in, in having a website. It's simply facilitating the sale of dogs, puppies. Yeah, but but nobody nobody goes along to a puppy farm, sees dogs in this atrocious condition, and picks up a puppy and goes home with it. I mean, that's the you know you need to if you're buying a puppy, you need to question where you're meeting the breeder to, to pick sure. up that puppy. Absolutely, and again, this is the this is the information that needs to be communicated to people out there you know uh, I'm, I'm taking that people are doing this innocently right buying these puppies but they need to be more aware and you're absolutely correct if if you there is no need to buy a puppy in the first place because our rescue centers of which there are over 237 in this country they're overflowing with dogs to be rehomed so why the hell anybody would want to buy a puppy in the first place but, you know, I would certainly be encouraging people to adopt, don't shop. So if we have 237 rescue centres, how many puppy farms do we have or do you know or do we know? Nobody knows. Ah. Uh, but what we do know is there are hundreds. There's, you might find this shocking, Patricia. Uh, I was going to ask you the question, but I don't want to sound like I, I, I'm trying to trick you in any way. There is 200 million being earned in the black economy from trafficking puppies from Ireland annually. Think about that figure. 200 million in an illegal trade. That's incredible. And nothing has been done So when, when we see, and we do see them every now and again, you know, it's usually out of Dublin port, uh, we'll see, you know, the Gardaí showing and... and the uh, inspectors uh, from the I, uh, from the ISPCA showing, you know, a, a van that was stopped and these 
God help us, these poor pathetic. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Uh, puppies in, in the back of it. And you think, oh, this is great. These are the puppies now that have been saved. But if it's 200 million, that's just the tip of the iceberg that have been stopped. Absolutely. And actually, Patricia, most of them are going through uh, Belfast Port at this stage. And you're right about customs doing spot checks or whatever, but you're, you, you know, how we rarely, if ever, hear of dogs being seized. Rarely. Yeah, and even in the case of, of this particular puppy farm, uh, while the owner has been told to cease breeding dogs uh, immediately since the start of January, the breeder has been ordered to arrange for the rehoming of the dogs. I mean, what does that, where, where will those dogs go? You've just touched on, on this particular puppy farm, Patricia. It is absolutely outrageous that Cork County Council, the the issuer of the dog breeding establishment license, which is the which is the the, 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 the posh name for puppy farms, you know. Okay, there are legitimate dog breeders out there. Let's not tar everybody with the same brush. But unfortunately, there are hundreds of industrial. Uh, breeding farms out there. Local authorities are delegated to issue these dog breeding establishment licences without any oversight whatsoever in place. There's no structure of dog welfare in place at all. It is chaotic, unacceptable, intolerable. And then for Cork County Council, it was that... They, they issued that uh, closure notice on on the 12th of uh, December, Patricia. They had already visited, they being the inspectors from Cork County Council, they had already visited th- those premises on two occasions in, in uh, October. They, they issued a warning to this lady. And it took until the 3rd of January for the closure. Uh, for the closure order. I mean, the, yeah, the, the whole system uh, needs to be looked at, which brings me to your group, Dog Advocacy Ireland. Tell me about your group and what you hope to achieve. 
Well, it, this group, Dog Advocacy Ireland, is three years in the making on and off uh, to address the issues, particularly of puppy farms in Ireland and the, the, the entire abdication of statutory responsibility for dog welfare in Ireland, Patricia. Currently, you know, there are three government departments. It is fragmented between three government departments, which in itself leads to chaos. Everybody's looking after it, but nobody's looking after it. After it. Yeah, it, I, I, I 100%. It needs to come under one department. Absolutely. And the most appropriate department, I would assume, would be the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, yeah. That's where, that's where the chief veterinary officer for Ireland resides in the Department of Agriculture. The Department of Agriculture itself employs 245 veterinary officers. These are the Department of Agriculture veterinary officers. Now, what what in God's name are they delegating responsibility for various aspects of dog welfare to other departments in a fragmented fashion that is currently clearly not working. Well, not when we have, we're known as the puppy farm capital of uh, Europe uh, and not when we find dogs in this dreadful, dreadful uh, condition that was outlined in this uh, particular case. So your own group that's been uh, set up, if people want to get involved with your group, um, how can you be contacted, John? Well, there's a website, uh, and you, if, with your permission, you might carry it on 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 your your own website. Social media, yeah, yeah. So it's the website is dogadvocacyireland.ie. I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but it is what it says on the tin: dogadvocacyireland.ie. And there's a Twitter uh, handle as well for anybody who's on Twitter. There's Facebook and all of that. So uh, the Twitter handle is, I don't want to confuse people with all of this stuff. So it's advocates, at Advocacy Dog is the Twitter handle. OK, listen, we're, no doubt we will speak again, uh, John. Uh, well done, by the way, for, for setting this up. It's, it's something needs to be done. Uh, we've been speaking about uh, puppy farms and particularly in the North Cork area for some reason. That's an, I know they're dotted all over the country, but North Cork for some reason seems to have a proliferation of uh, puppy farms. We need to do something if this trade has got to uh, end. Um, in the meantime, John, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. And Patricia, thank you for giving me a platform here to, to announce the arrival of Dog Advocacy Ireland. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Good bye bye. I have a funny feeling we'll be hearing more uh, from uh, John in the coming weeks and months. That is John O'Callaghan of that newly formed group, Dog Advocacy uh, Ireland. And I know from our listeners, we have a lot of dog lovers who absolutely hate when they hear of any type of cruelty to any animal. But I think particularly to dogs, because we seem to have so many dog lovers. Lovers, uh, who listen to this programme regularly. Now last week the Minister for Transport Eamon Ryan alongside the National Transport Authority launched a one year pilot programme for localised specially licensed hackney service to help improve transport choices for people living in rural locations across the country. Newmarket here in Cork is one of the locations included in the pilot scheme and joining me with further details is Wendy Thompson. Wendy is the Director of Transport Regulation at the National Transport Authority. Good morning to you Wendy. Good morning Patricia, thank you for having me on. Well you're very welcome to the programme. Okay, how many locations are taking part and how did you go about selecting them? 
Well, there's 21 different locations from Cork to Donegal and east to west. Um, they aren't city locations. They are all uh, rural communities where local based transport just isn't enough. There may be uh, buses, there may be local links and so on, but not at the right times for when people want them, particularly in the evenings um, and Fridays and Saturdays. So we did a big process of elimination. We started out with about 100 places um, that we looked at. And the Connecting Ireland team in NTA worked very closely with ourselves as taxi regulator, then local link uh, and DRT services on the ground, the local authorities. And then we also went where, where places had become very interesting on that basis. We sent our compliance officers down to talk to the local people themselves in the area to assess whether there is a demand. Um, and, you know, when you look at it, Newmarket, about a thousand people. Canturk is the nearest town, about 10 kilometres away. Um, and a lot of social life, um, a lot of credit union shops, the new health centre. You know, there's a lot of things where the community could be better connected if it had this part time local hackney service, which is insured, is guarded vetted is fully licensed um, but just the area can't support a full-time taxi or hackney driver okay so that's so important it's, 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 yeah it's it's a part-time uh, job and it Absolutely. and it will be different to taxis in that for example it won't operate off a rank Oh, no, hackneys don't operate off ranks. Hackneys, um, when you look at a taxi, it has a taxi roof sign, it has the decals on the side, the stickers on the side, and most importantly, it has a taxi meter inside it. So people can hail and get in and know exactly what they're going to have to pay because it is based in legislation. The big difference with a hackney, and particularly a local hackney, is people have to pre-book it. They okay. cannot fly on the roads. So part of this is that the uh, licensed drivers will give their um, contact details out. Normally, that's just the mobile phone. Um, but some people have gone as far as a wee app or, or an email. Um, and they will be publicized both on NTA and local link websites and by the individual drivers themselves. Um, they'll commit to working uh, up uh, 20 hours a week, uh, which must include Friday and Saturday evenings, um, and being available to provide services to the people in the community. And when, when we say in the community, on the local hackney.ie website, there is a map of the pickup area. And this is the big difference to other hackneys and taxis. You can only pick up people within the mapped area that's on the website and will be on your license. You can drop them anywhere. They can go to the airport or to medical appointments or to post offices in the next town or whatever. But we have to make sure that this doesn't replace or even displace current drivers. So we had to make very sure that there was no drivers active in the area already and this would take the bread off their table. Okay, all right. So, so point. yeah. So it will be. It's, it's no other taxi in the area can be nervous about this. This is. It's. It's a different service. It just. It almost complements the service they provide. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And how, how? How do people apply? 
you go on to everything about this, Patricia, is on one designated website just to make things easy. So it's localhackney.ie. Literally that simple, localhackney.ie. And there's a two-stage application process. The first stage is writing in saying you'd like to be part of this one-year uh, subsidised um, pilot and that you know, obviously NTA is going to learn an awful lot about having 21 of these around the country and what works and what doesn't work and so on. Um, and within that, you give your contact details, you say whether you're happy to uh, work up to 20 hours uh, or, or more than a minimum, I should say, of 20 hours a week providing the services. Now, if people don't want them for that entire 20 or 30 hours or whatever it is you do, that's OK. You're providing them. Um, and making them available. And it's for a minimum of 40 weeks in the year because we do recognise that people need holidays and okay. breaks and okay. so on. Um, yeah. But it will help the social activity, the financial activity. Um, I believe there was a nightclub there that was very busy every yeah, weekend. Yeah, and it's a much lesser extent now. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with drink driving. And, you know, we, we know that people who come forward for this as applicants an awful lot of women go first because you know your locals. I was just you know going to say, every are, because you can only pick up from this catchment area, you're going to know everyone. Exactly. And that gives a much better perceived safety aspect. Uh, you're going to know your people. You're going to know where to, to drop them to and from. Um, you know, there's a lot of work during the day, obviously, with hospital appointments and so on. There's a lot of work during the evening. But none of it is enough for a full-time yeah, driver, one of the drivers the who live there, we yeah. talked to, to say to him, would this get in your way in any way? He said, not at all. If I was waiting in Newmarket um, for all my uh, work, I, I would make it as a taxi yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah. So that's he right, works right. in other it, it will just, it will, will complement uh, the service that's there already. Now, as you say, it isn't like a taxi, it just doesn't have a metre. Do you agree a price then before you head off? Yeah, what you do with any pre-booked service, whether it be this local Hackney or any other Hackney or a limousine, in fact, if you're if you're lucky enough <laughs> to be going to in one of those, you you ring up and you say, I want to be picked up here, I want to be dropped off there. What's the price? And normally we find that the prices are the five euro, the eight euro, you know, depending on how far you are in the locality. Um, but one of the things you have to put down on your form for, for you to be assessed, because there can only be one of these for each area, um, is we say, give us a real journey for five kilometres and tell us how much your price for it. So if someone says 20 euro, well, then they just won't get scored yeah, well on that. And then we have a lot of compliance uh, officer work each individual will be partnered with a compliance officer because we recognize that they're new to this they're new to being licensed properly as drivers and being guard vetted they're new to having their uh, vehicle checked over to make sure it's su it's suitable and so on and we patricia we've 13 pages of suitable vehicles on our on our website. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was I, somebody has just said you need to have a particular type of uh, vehicle, bearing in mind that taxis can't yeah. be over 10 years. Yeah, can't be over 10 years, four doors, uh, four wheels. <laughs> um, you know, it's really basic okay. stuff there. It doesn't we're, have we're to be wheelchair accessible, for example. 
no, they don't no. have to be wheelchair accessible. There just wouldn't be the requirement for that level of expense yeah, in the community yeah. areas. It would be unfair. Um, and now remembering that an, a large number of people who use wheelchairs um, can sit in the back of a taxi. So, you know, it is it is a small group of people who in rural areas are normally self-sufficient in that area. But also on our website, we do have every wheelchair um, accessible vehicle listed with the contact for that vehicle accessible vehicle driver, wheelchair accessible vehicle driver and their contact number for every county. So that that is a different part of yeah. what we do. OK, OK. This and how, how quickly do you do you expect to see the local hackneys up and running? Well, really, that's how long is a piece of string. I mean, we have one guy who has uh, he's in the second phase already for one of the uh, we, we launched it on Monday and he's in the second phase already. Um, we have five more, uh, sorry, seven more that are going through the process at the moment for different areas. Um, so if people come in quickly, it's sort of first up, best dressed. And if they are happy enough that they are because uh, we'll be checking their tax clearance, they'll have to be guarded vetted. We have swift processes in place for all of that, uh, specifically for this pilot. So the quicker they can get on, get the application in um, to, to actually become part of the pilot, then the quicker they'll be licensed. Someone wants um, to know, is there an age restriction? No, you Didn't just know. have to have a a standard uh, vehicle, uh, sorry, a standard driving license. Okay, because so I was just, in, if would I somebody who maybe has recently retired and is recently retired, yeah, yeah, it would mothers, really suit. vintners, yeah. um, uh, you know, mature students. We have so many different people, people who can't take on a full time job. Uh, for whatever reasons they might have, but are very happy to be part of the local community. Um, you know, they're really, it's it's a vast, and because it's locals, knowing locals, it's a vast array of people who can come in for it. Okay, that's it. And uh, if successful then, the plan would be, Wendy, roll it out nationwide. Yeah, that's what this pilot is all about. It's find out what lessons we need to learn, what administration we would need to put in to roll it out on a, on a much larger basis, whether it works at all, uh, which obviously we think it will, um, and the costings. Uh, so, you know, it really is a start with these 21 and see where we go. Yeah, I think it's going to be a game changer in, in rural Ireland. I really do. So localhackney.ie is where you apply. And if you want to find out uh, more details, Wendy, thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us and good luck with it. Uh, I do think Thank it is going you. to be a game changer. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks. Bye -bye. Good morning. Uh, Wendy Thompson, who is Director of Transport Regulation at the NTA, localhackney.ie. If you're in that new market area and you think that this uh, job is just for you. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. So many people, I have to say, since we started talking about the national car test earlier on with uh, James O'Connor, so many people saying we should just abolish it. We should just get rid of it, including Jur in Clonakilty says it would. It would uh, he's got a, an additional suggestion rather than abolishing it. He said, would it not be a good idea to maybe change the time frame until the delays ease off and we get rid of the backlog of so many people trying to get their NCT? So, for example, says Jur, cars that are due every year for NCT, which is an 10-year-old car, isn't it? It's two years up to 
you get it done every two years up to 10 years and then when your car is 10 years you've got to get it done every year he says could, could they not just for a period of time uh, if your car is due every year instead make it every two years just until they get a handle on the backlogs is that not something that they could consider Pat said the people that are saying get rid of the NCT are right Pat said it is a rip off we don't need it if there's something wrong with your car you simply go away and fix it you don't need somebody to pay somebody 55 euro to tell you there's something wrong with your car you simply go away and fix it yourself while a famoise listener says what is wrong with people get rid of the nct also patricia i was parked in super value car park in Fomoy just last night and this guy got into his car he took off at what i can only describe as a dangerous speed he'd a young ch- child in the car with him and if he had to stop suddenly there was no way he could have done it he endangered himself he endangered the child not to mention other road users there was a fella parked alongside me and he just looked at me and shook his head because he realised I was looking at the same driver driving away at such a massive speed we watched the guy speeding up along the road towards Formoy town going at these very very dangerous speeds my god Patricia why do people drive like this this car was a high powered car senseless stupid and pure thickness says a Moy listener and how reckless as well putting his own danger and I'm assuming if it was a young child I'm assuming it's his own child putting his own child at risk as well imagine if something had happened and 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 his own child was killed in the accident you never forgive yourself not if you knew that you were doing such reckless speeds it's crazy what causes people to drive like that I don't know I don't know what goes through uh, people's minds and then a number of people reacting to John O'Callaghan who joined me from this new group that has been set up Dog Advocacy uh, Ireland a number of people commenting on John's uh, interview including Heidi says Patricia please keep warm that's what we're endeavouring to do today so pleased to hear that gentleman John speaking on behalf of dogs he sounds like a very kind good man there is a saying that evil will flourish if good men stand by and do nothing so well done to John Simon Coveney brought in laws back in 2012 I believe that pets must have food water and a nice dry bed to sleep in why are some of us humans so inhumane to dogs and cats the animals that we have domesticated and welcome into our homes I've actually emailed the Justice Minister to please look at these crimes against these pets in this country and then another listener says hi Patricia I just heard John on to you about that horrible puppy farm that's been forced to close in North Cork terrible people how could they treat lovely dogs like that especially female dogs abusing them twice a year the poor pets every time they come into season they're forced to have another litter of pups they do it of course for money now what I don't agree with was John telling people don't buy a puppy get one from a shelter my god he is wronging every genuine person out there that like to breed their own female dog like us we bred two years ago our lovely female dog we wanted a young pup coming up there was a terrible remark out of John to all of us genuine people that do breed and who give five star facilities to our females and to our puppies yeah and in fairness during my interview with John he did say that there are very very genuine dog breeders like yourself he did say that they are uh, out there now I know as we went through the interview when he came to the end he was talking about the number of rescues that are in this country and the number of dogs that need to be uh, rescued there will always be people who will want to buy 
a purebred dog like the ones that you are producing and I suppose it's to get the message out to those people uh, you know if you don't want to go down the rescue route and you do want to go and get uh, a dog from a genuine breeder it is to make sure that you get the genuine breeders that you meet somebody like your good self who giving that five star facility where the little puppies are handled at a very young age so they get used to humans I think that was the point that he was trying to make but he did say during the course of uh, his interview for sure he did say that he um, that there are very genuine breeders out there and he didn't want to tire everybody with the one brush but unfortunately we have too many of these puppy farms who are just doing it for greed and nothing else and it has it just has to stop and Jean says because when we were talking about puppies that come out of some of these puppy farms can go on and have all kinds of uh, problems Jean says Patricia I got one of those dogs that John was talking about it was given to me in a really good as a good token from a friend of mine who didn't realise obviously that the dog had come from a puppy farm he was a little Jack Russell turned out to be so so difficult but I worked really hard at him trained him plus I was rearing my children at the same time now he still lives with us away in his own little corner he's 10 years old now but I'm the only person in the house that can handle uh, him um, and he is a, he's turned into a lovely lovely dog but he's very much one owner one dog and that's it so hard for myself while running a house at the same time thanking you uh, says uh, Jean and that's the problem that is the problem that can come from they get all kinds of psychological problems in some cases they can never be dealt with and in some cases they can only go to homes where there's not children for example etc so uh, well done I know in a couple of minutes we're going to be speaking with somebody who's been working really hard on behalf of Dogs Trust fostering a dog to get him socialised and to get him back so that he can get his forever home so we'll talk about that in uh, a couple of minutes on the programme and then Michael was listening to me uh, talking about people who were contacting us this morning who missed appointments in the city. In particular, there were people travelling from county towns from both North and West Cork and they either got today with the poor listener who got caught with the treacherous driving conditions this morning and then ended up meeting roadworks and got delayed and ended up having to have her appointment cancelled because they wouldn't uh, reschedule for her and then others coming from North Cork saying similar things happened to them with roadworks or anything can go wrong uh, with the weather you, you can never predict where the weather is going to be on a particular day and people getting very frustrated when they find out that their appointment has been cancelled because they don't turn up on time Michael says in relation to all those missed appointments at hospitals and clinics etc uh, they people outside of the area have no idea of the layout of the land in West Cork. May God rest the soul of the late Dr Dennis Cotter of Bantry. He never had an appointment list. If you needed to go to the doctor, you just went there into the waiting room and everybody was seen in their own turn. Whoever was next went in next. Nobody but nobody was ever turned away from his clinics ever. He was a massive loss to uh, West Cork. We live in very different times, uh, Michael. I mean, I do. I remember growing up when to go into my GP, you just turned up. Now, you could be in there hours some days if you if you hit on a time that it was extremely busy, but it was next, next, and there was no uh, appointments. Now, I think, thankfully, we do have appointments, so the system is a little bit better. You're going to get in on time. But, of course, the big problem we have at the moment is getting uh, appointments. And, by the way, you may have heard it on the news, the rate of inflation has eased let's keep our fingers crossed that this is a good sign now it's still high it's at 8.2% but that was the 12 months up to the end of December of last year it's down from 8.9% for the previous 
for the previous month to November of 2022. Prices fell in the month of December by 0.2%. And the main reason, by the way, for the decline was the reduction in transport costs. And that, of course, was due to lower prices for diesel and uh, petrol. But let's keep our fingers crossed that inflation continues to fall and that we will still prices, see prices starting to go down. Because I had an email into the programme from Eamon to Patricia at c103.ie saying, good morning, Patricia. You may have heard Oxfam's latest findings on the huge, hugely unequal distribution of wealth on our news yesterday. The figures are stark and they're completely unacceptable. The media coverage was limited in my opinion. Can I just say, I don't know if you were tuned in yesterday, Eamon, I made a point of mentioning the Oxfam study and and went through the Oxfam study yesterday. I don't know if you were tuned or not. Anyway, he said this incredible inequality here in Ireland and across the world needs further coverage and debate. It was a bombshell report. Think of the good that could be achieved with a tax on those with vast outlandish extremes of wealth in this society and indeed in many, many countries worldwide. Inaction on this, says Eamon, is indefensible because it really is low-hanging fruit. These ideas might sound radical now, but so too the, the abolition of slavery, the 40-hour working week, paid holidays, an end to child labour, votes for women, a ban on oil exploration and same self uh, marriages and so much more in the past. When they were initially mentioned, it seemed and sounded so radical. Oxfam are a responsible organisation and we should be grateful to them for collating these statistics and using their platform to bring the stark figures to public attention. Let's make multi-billionaires a part of history, like forcing like like we did by stopping five-year-olds going down chimneys to act as chimney sweeps. Now, I'm not against wealth, said Eamon, but who really needs more than, say, $100 million, euros, pounds? But vast, extreme, outlandish wealth, multi-billions, when so, so many are seeing their living standards declining, not just here in Ireland, but indeed internationally. It needs to be made unacceptable and eventually illegal. Let's make a start by discussing the notion. Some billionaires agree. Chuck Feeney led the pack by giving away almost all of his wealth within his lifetime via his Atlantic Philanthropies charity, now defunct and redundant because the task is complete. Bill Gates also realised his vast billions could be put to better use among the poorest people in the world via the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. After, and a hundred years ago, the Carnegie the Carnegies made huge donations. Then that's their patriotic millionaires and the owner of Patagonia, who recently divested himself of his huge wealth. They simply had too much wealth and they realised it. Worth a lot more coverage and discussion, I think. I think. Thank you for reading this, says uh, Eamon. And I think what really got to me when I was discussing that wealth yesterday was it was very clear to show, t- clearly shown that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer because the, just the, the gap between those at the very top end, the billionaires and the ones with the many, many, you know, tens of millions of euro, there is more of them. And then at the bottom end, the poor are simply getting poorer. And that's what Oxfam, you know, collated the figures and say, is it time now to seriously look at a wealth tax 
not just in this country but internationally. 0818103103 Our lines are open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie Okay and as predicted we have some cancellations coming in because of the weather and the weather forecast for this evening. Here's a text in saying due to the weather conditions we've decided to cancel bingo tonight in the Skibbereen Eagle in Tregumna hopefully back on track next week when all will be welcome for this ongoing charity fundraiser that's from Paula on behalf of the Tregumna Treshing uh, Committee Kilcorny Community Development Association they've cancelled their information evening due to be held this evening uh, in Kilcorny Social Centre and the Whist Drive due to be held in Cox's Hall in Dunmanway that's also cancelled now as far as we know what is still going ahead Annam Cara they're holding their West Cork meeting tonight in Mill Court Mill Place in Bandon that's at 7.15 they welcome all bereaved parents free of charge regardless of age of charge or circumstances of death Shambali Moor Bingo is on tonight 8 o'clock with a jackpot of €3,600 and Bantir Bingo goes ahead tonight that is at 8 30. And students of St. Angela's College in Cork will stage The Wedding Singer. It's in the Firkin Crane Centre, running from this Thursday to next Saturday, 8 o'clock each night. Tickets are €15 Euro and they're available from the Firkin Crane uh, website. And if you're having a clear out of clothes and you're anywhere near Gaggan Hall, can you go along on Thursday evening? They're having a used clothes collection from 6.30 to 7.30. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Now, during the course of the programme this morning, we've been talking about the ill treatment of dogs, particularly dogs that come out of puppy farms. And one of the points that uh, John O'Callaghan from that newly formed uh, group Dog Advocacy Ireland. He was saying, if you want a new dog, please, please, please look at the rescue centres because they're absolutely bursting at the seams. I don't think there isn't a dog... um Centre in rescue centre in the country that has any space left. They are literally that full, and that prompted Tony to contact us uh, with a gorgeous story and some gorgeous photographs as well. Uh, good afternoon to you, Tony. Good afternoon, Patricia. Tony, you've sent on the lovely pictures and a little video of uh, Polo. Tell me about Polo. He came to you via Dogs Trust. That's right. Um, we've been fostering dogs. And when he came to us, he sort of um, jumped out of the truck. He bolted underneath the stairs and basically spent a good week underneath there because um, obviously he's in a situation where he didn't trust anybody or anything. And it's just quiet patience and giving him confidence and and allowing him just slowly in his own time to, to come out and start exploring and everything. You know. Did you get any details of Polo's background? We're, we're given only a little bit. Um, and I understand that because I think if we knew too much about his background, it may sort of frighten us and everything. Okay. Whereas we just worked with what we saw He's, he's a, a kind of a sheepdog, is that what you describe him? Yes, he's, he's a proper little um, uh, collie dog. Collie dog. And he's, um, 
now, I mean, it's amazing. From when we first got him to now, he's developed a little character um, and he's come out of himself. And before, if I looked at him, he would look away and everything. Um, I couldn't go near him to pat him or anything. Whereas now, he's quite happy to come and go, can I have a pat on the head? You know. <laughs> and how long has Polo been with you as so a foster he's, dog? He's been with us about... Oh, a good 10, 11 weeks, I'd say, yes. And it's it's taken that long to build up the trust and the confidence? It, it has, and and each dog works at a different rate, you know, so you, you can't sort of say, oh, week three should be doing this, or she should be doing that, you know. Um, yeah. They all work at their own rate. <clears throat> and it, it's a foster dog? That's right. So... Um, what we do is we get them to a point where they can be taken by the dog's trust and then found a forever home. Um, and then what will happen is um, we will sort of have a little break and our Rufus, who's our dog, has a little break as well. And it's surprising. He's actually quite important to helping us get sort of the best out of Polo and previously Spot, etc. So does you know. Rufus help the foster dog to settle in? Uh, he does, you know, um, because there's another dog there and, you know, there's a little bit of, um, oh, I can see you're getting a bit of cuddles and everything. Yeah. Um, oh, I might want a bit of that, you know. And, um, and then resting and everything. As you see, there's a picture of them lying side by side. Yeah, Tony is very kind. He sent on some gorgeous uh, um, uh, photographs. Is it heartbreaking, Tony, when you... I I believe Polo's leaving you tomorrow, is it? He is. Um, Is that heartbreaking? It it is, actually. I mean, especially with this little chap. He's he's been wonderful. And um, we we, we were told that we were the third people to look after him. And in a way, it was the last chance. Oh, Um, but he's he's really come on, and I will be sad, but I'm thrilled that the the trust will find a forever home for him, and and that's the most important thing, you know, um, to, for for him to, to to have that opportunity and that chance is great. And how many dogs have you fostered? Well, he's our second one now. Okay. Um, but we're, um, we're, as I said, we'll have a little break and. Lisa, I think you've probably spoken to her before. From Dogs later. Trust, I have. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's great. Um, she's brilliant. And, you know, um, we, I was just talking to her yesterday and this morning and just saying, you know, uh, we'll have a break and then we'll, we'll get we'll go again. another dog. Yeah. It's brilliant because I know when I spoke with Lisa from Dogs Trust, you know, they believe in giving every dog um, a chance. And if we didn't have people, Tony, like your good self, to foster the dogs and build up that confidence. I mean, not everyone is capable of doing what you what you and your family have done uh, for for Polo and will do for other foster dogs. So you know, well done on 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 what you're doing because it's in, it's incredible. Um, but I take it you would advocate t- for people who are looking to get a dog to please consider the rescue dogs. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, and the thing is, they. They actually, they don't want much. They really don't. It's just, 
you know, showing a little bit of kindness and everything. And it's it's wonderful that their character comes out and um, to have, you know, um, somebody come and meet you when you come home, or and to take take the little fellow or the little ass for a walk. It's it's great and it lifts you as well. You know, this is something it lifts your spirit. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. and you know. Uh, I've spoken with people, Tony, in the past who've rescued, who've taken on a rescue dog and they say whatever it is, the bond between a rescue dog and its owner, it's as if the dog can sense you've given me a second chance. Yeah, there, there, there is that. Um, I mean, you can you, you can just see it. I mean, it's um, in the morning when you come down the stairs and I mean, before his little tail used to be just tucked right underneath. Yeah. But now it spins like a helicopter propeller when you come down the stairs that's, in the morning. It's uh, horrible to see that kind of fear in, in a dog, isn't it? It is. It's a really, it really upsetting. Listen, you're doing incredible uh, work, uh, Tony. Well done to you and, and the rest of the family. And Rufus, your dog, is playing an important role as well. And I've just realised, listening to your voice, I've spoken with you before. Yes, you, we've spoken on various topics. Mainly Parkinson's. That was it. And how are you getting on? You were diagnosed with Parkinson's a number of years ago. Um, yes, I'm. I'm. Us- I'm going down the the path of Parkinson's. Um, uh, I live with it, and uh, I look at it this way with my Parkinson's. It chose me, and it chose the wrong person because I fight it every day. Good on you. Uh, Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. And the dogs are helping as well, no doubt. Listen, oh, yeah. pleasure to talk to you, uh, Tony. And well done on, on Polo. And fingers crossed he gets a, a forever home really, really soon. By the way, will you find out where the forever home is? Or do you get any details of what kind of family he goes to? Or Oh, they, they give us a little bit of information. For instance, the previous one we had, our, the little lurcher spot. Yeah. Um, we got a photograph of her. Um, <laughs> and... That it was brilliant to see, brilliant. and that the owner is absolutely delighted with her. Okay, you know, so Kate and I really, you know, uh, enjoy doing this. Well done, well done. And just this heartache, but uh, I'd rather do this and get them into a lovely home. Thanks for that, Tony, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Tony Wilkinson there in uh, West Cork. And here's one when we're talking about making sure that you check out where you're getting your dog from. Hi, Patricia, I bought a dog from a registered dog owner. We checked where the dog had been sleeping and where the mother uh, was. And we were shown this lovely shed and everything was good. So we decided to purchase the dog. But my husband was having a drink with a friend and he mentioned where we bought our dog from. The friend said, you realise there's a big shed down the lane where there are lots and lots of puppies in very bad condition. We were shocked. We had all of the registered papers for our dogs. We paid 500 euro. Uh, It turned out he'd never been in a house or a car before, but we worked on him. He's fine now. He loves both and he sleeps in our bed (laughs) in in North. He sleeps in our bed and this place that we purchased from uh, is in the North Cork area. As I say, for what, I don't know why North Cork, but North Cork always seems to come up as an area that does have a lot of the puppy farms. Hi Patricia, you mentioned a GP, getting a GP appointment and now we now get appointments and it isn't walk-ins as it was maybe back in the 70s and 80s and into the early 90s. Well, I had a doctor's appointment. I had one for last week. I waited two months 
to see my GP. I still ended up having to wait about an hour and a half beyond my appointment time. So appointments, depending on the day you go, can mean absolutely nothing. You just have to sit and wait your time. On NCT's, hi Patricia, says Dan, would it not make more sense to get an annual certificate from the garage that services your car for tax purposes? This would eliminate the NCT debacle. But you don't have to get... You don't have to get your, your car serviced for tax purposes, but if they brought it in, that garages could do the NCT instead, that might uh, work. Hi, uh, Patricia. What about the 80,000 untested and failed to turn up for NCT tests? They're also clogging up the system. And someone else says we have to hope of getting rid of the NCT. The contract that's in place with Atlas, which is the company that currently have the contract, is there until 2030. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Cork today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at C103.ie. By the way, just on road conditions, please be extremely careful. Mary and Domanway was on to say there are people out having their walks, which they're quite entitled uh, to do. But she said they're walking on some roads that are absolutely lethal. People need to be so, so uh, careful. Cars are slipping and it could lead to a very dangerous uh, situation. So please be careful where you are walking. And someone else has been on to say the road from Drina to Dunmanway and from Drina to Skibbereen lethal with snow and ice. Dunmanway really seemed to have got a hammering last night. Now let's see how they're getting on in Bohabwe. Joe Heffernan joins me. Good afternoon Joe. Good afternoon Patricia. Did you see any snow? Uh, only uh, like the, the lawn in front of the house now would be snow white with snow but um, the roads um, from what I know of them now I haven't been out but um, seeing cars passing, they're they're driving on. They're not, yeah. you know. The it doesn't seem that the roads around here at the moment are 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 that bad. Of course, one has to be extremely careful. You only need one major patch of ice, and uh, you know. Uh, just seems because like the whole place isn't bad doesn't mean there aren't patches. But it does seem like the county, we have a county of two halves today. West Cork yeah. are, are really are having schools and everything. Some schools had to close and yeah. are closed uh, today. Yeah. And we were getting videos in of extremely dangerous driving condition, conditions. Yeah. A lot of snow, a lot yeah, of He guess. was telling me that his trip down west we, yesterday uh, yeah, was evening a nightmare. was not easy. Yeah, it was a nightmare. OK, let's get straight mm. into this. We want to mm. talk about uh, depression in young young uh, people uh, because I, I maybe we were reading the same ar- article there has by all accounts there's an increase in young people who are presenting with signs of depression absolutely and I mean normally usually when we use uh, the term depression or depressed uh, our mm, our image would be of older people um, I was surprised at the um, statistics that, um, you know, the more startling one to me was that depression affects one in seven teens. I thought, wow, that's very high. And maybe it's not recognised a lot. Um, so, therefore, I thought, you know, that we would do a piece on that um, that maybe, uh, you know, there might be a parent listening who'd say, oh, wow, maybe maybe that's what's going on with my son or daughter. And um, again, the statistics were, uh, to me, surprising. 
that um, the percentage of girls, um, uh, teenage girls, um, uh, was much higher um, uh, at 14, we'll say, around that age, uh, than the boys. And um, there were some general kind of um, uh, reasons why um, uh, causes um, uh, mentioned in the in the research as well, um, and they included um, stress. Um, now, body image issues, um, uh, yeah, um, especially to do with social media and all that. Um, uh, changes of family life, like uh, we'll say a separation. Uh, school issues. Now, I think in fairness that the young people of the last few years, uh, Patricia, have got a really raw deal. Um, you know... It's, um, been, it's been really tough on them. Oh, they've been sitting... I mean, it's kind of like bedroom to bedroom. Um, you know, it's bedroom to sleep and bedroom to do the school or college work. Well, I, um, I, I don't know if it was on your radar or not, but I have a really keen interest in the Young Scientists exhibition every year. Mm. And I'm always trying to get information on some of the projects because they're they're fantastic. And the one that won this year, I weirdly enough, had read a review about it before the, the winner was announced. And it was mm. two young lads from uh, Abbey School in Tipperary. Who won? And they did. It, it's actually a three-year study, uh, is what they did, where they assessed the impacts of secondary school on students' mental, physical, and social well-being. And it actually showed an alarmingly high level of students uh, who acknowledged that they weren't receiving educational guidance on their mental health. And yep. you know, and obviously, one of their one of their takeouts from their study showed that that's one of the reasons that they feel that's leading to de- depression in in young people. So I thought it was quite timely that you would end up talking about it today because it won that top award, and that's yes. that's a tough, yes. tough award to win. And we'll Absolutely. now go on. It now goes mm. on to represent this country in in Europe. So for parents listening, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting a copy of that study. Okay, well, um, well worth well worth a read. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- and particularly yeah. coming from young people people doing it I think is, absolutely. is, is key absolutely is key. Um, you know they got a great homecoming didn't they they did, they the, did um, indeed yeah. they did indeed yeah well done and, well gra- done. and great for, for, for a small school like that you know yeah. in, in yeah. a rural town it's terrific yeah. okay so for parents listening because we don't want to alarm uh, parents no. but, but, but yet parents need to be aware what do they need to look out for Joe well that's the thing now I mean um, uh, what would a parent um, look out for right well um, a lack of motivation or interest in things that the person was um, interested in and motivated to participate in um, would be um, a very clear one. You know, um, uh, whether it is to do with an involvement in sport or whether it is to do with an involvement in schoolwork or college work or whether it's to do with uh, just maybe... Um, uh, certain jobs around the 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 house, etc. Um, you know, if all of that or if a lot of that is now lacking, right? One would be inclined to say, "I wonder what's going on." So that would be one. Now another one would be um, mood swings. Um, if the young person is. Um, uh, you know, extra irritable, or a word we often use on 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 our slash would be tetchy. Um, 
if there's um you know if there's a, a marked increase in that if you'd be um you know if you'd be walking on eggshells around the person because they're in um really bad humour as we'll put it. And this is well, more than normal. I mean every teenager will go through bouts exactly. bouts of intechi. What we're talking about is it seems to be there almost all the time. Yes, and and at an increased intensity. Uh, that before where there might have been no answer or a, a, a snappy answer that now there might be um an actual anger. And listening to what they're saying. Yes. Um, uh, that is so, so important. And it's wonderful if they are talking about whatever is going on. Because very often um, the problem is that um, uh, that there's something wrong, but they're, they ain't telling you what's wrong. But if you're um, hearing words like hopeless or helpless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you'd get the odd um, time that a young person might say, God, I feel useless, you know. Yeah. Um, and you might say, I, 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 but no, that is to be taken notice of. Um, that's, um, you know, that's that's worthy of our attention for sure. Um, and, and it would, of course, denote a lack of self-esteem because um, obviously if a person says things like that, they're not... Um, they're not uh, having a good um, uh, feeling about themselves. So that would be Im- important. Um, if you had a young person who was, you know, decisive, um, this is what I'm doing. Uh, yes, I'm going there. Uh, no, I'm not going there. In other words, like um, uh, quite ready and able to make decisions. And if that becomes very kind of blurred, if it's, I don't know, I might, I mightn't, gee, I don't know, and uh, at five o'clock I'm going there, and at six o'clock now I don't think I will, um, you know, that's something to take notice of. And even simple decisions, even like, um, what will we do um, for dinner? Um, I don't know, couldn't care less really. Um, you know, that needs to be noted. I'm not saying that it that it's panic stations, but it needs to be uh, noted uh, by the parent. OK. F- um, um, not finding enjoyment in life. And this would be, yeah. we're talking about young people who would have found enjoyment, maybe going for to the GAA, going to play hurling, you know, maybe going to the pictures with their friends, whatever it was. And suddenly they don't seem to be getting enjoyment out of anything. Alarm absolutely. bells. That's alarm bells should ring. All of the ones that you just mentioned there, exactly. Or even, you know, um, uh, I'd be interested in, say, was a Man United maybe or, or Liverpool and then couldn't care less whether they lost 4-1 or 1-4-1 yeah. not even talking about it and then the um, one I think that affects everybody of all ages when they suffer from depression is a problem sleeping and appetite changes yeah yeah if a person isn't sleeping well usually there's some underlying reason why they're not sleeping well and as we all know teenagers um, are brilliant at sleeping. Yeah. They're very, very good at sleeping. But if they're not sleeping well and, um, and uh, you know, couldn't care less whether they have their uh, breakfast 
lunch, dinner. Uh, okay, and for any parent who's identifying with any of the points that w- that we've raised, I mean, it could be a combination, it could be some of them, or people just have an, an, a sneaking feeling that there's something going on, try to talk to them, and that can be difficult? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's number one, and it's nearly number one, two, and three, is if you can get the young person to talk about... Um, you know, I've noticed a bit of a change recently. How are you feeling? Um, and it's great if they will open up about how they're feeling, and um, if they're um, if they will uh, engage with the conversation to maybe get to the bottom, or at least um, to find out some couple of elements of what's troubling them. That would be brilliant. Now. If 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 a parent then is truly 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 worried, well, a call to the GP um, uh, would be um, uh, top of the list, and maybe to make a call to someone in my own line of uh, work um, by looking up IACP.ie and finding someone again in in the counselling um, profession. Um, preferably fairly handily without, in this weather anyway, without a major drive. But the big thing is, is don't ignore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, think, yeah. I think parents themselves will know the difference between a moody teenager and somebody who's suddenly losing all interest in life. I think it would be a marked difference. And the thing is that if the person is in what we'll call a bit of a mood um, at times, well, there's no point in reciprocating by being in a mood oneself. Um, I mean, you know, a kindly and well-intentioned inquiry uh, can be extremely helpful. And that might be all that's needed. Maybe the young person just needs to open up about, um, you know, a lack of a friend or a loss of a friendship or... um, uh, a worry about school or college or or whatever. Or, or the, if they're the talking dreaded, about it, they're dealing with it. Yeah, the dreaded bullying that can happen, and God yeah. knows that happens so much uh, through social media. I mean, it, it, you're right at what you said at the outset. The pressure that young people are under today is incredible. And Jim, when I mentioned the Young Scientists exhibition and that group, that those two young lads from uh, Abbey School in Tipperary, Jim wants to point out that the Limerick Curling manager, John Kiley, is the principal mm. of Abbey School in Tipperary and Eve McCarthy from Drum Kelleher, who is the girlfriend of the Limerick hurler Gerard Hegarty was their teacher. <laughs> I right. did. I actually, I actually point. To, I actually spotted John Kiley, uh, the I principal, last night on TV, and it was my husband said. He's the manager of the Limerick Hurling team. So we did a quick Google search and he was. But I didn't realise Neve McCarthy, the teacher that featured, was from uh, Drum Kelleher. So there's a, a bit of a local contact there as well. OK, okay. we'll leave it there. Listen, thanks for that, Joe. Have a lovely week and we'll chat next week. Thank you, keep, Patricia. Keep warm. That is uh, Joe McCarthy, who runs a counselling practice in Bohapui. Joe's number is 086-834-8145. 086-834-8145. That's where we leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon take it nice and handy out on the roads and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 Cork today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.